Well, today we're continuing in a series called, um, called Life Swap. Last week we looked at swapping failure for growth because it's so often that we fall down and we think that's the end and we think we're done, we think we're finished, and really failure can be a learning experience. We only fail when we stop learning. I think the New England Patriots must have got uh, uh, my message middle of the, the, the game last Sunday because halftime something happened and they realized, you know, we're failing, we're blowing it, we're getting pounded, and they turned it around. Now, I'm not a big New England fan, but, but they, were, they were an embodiment of the lesson, don't give up, keep moving forward. And so today we're going to continue with that, and we're looking at the pit, um, passage from Ephesians where Paul says to the believers in chapter 4 to get, to get rid of the old, put off the old, be made new in the attitude of the mind and put on the new, kind of like a wardrobe change. We've got to take off the old stuff and put on the new stuff. And one of those things that many of us in this place need to take off today is worry. We want to swap panic for peace. Some of you are, are, have a bent toward worry. You've adopted that as kind of your go-to lifestyle. And, and you worry about all kinds of things. And you may be married to someone or friends of someone who's not a worrier, but now they worry about you because you worry so much. And worry is something that robs us of joy, steals peace from us. It, it takes away um, the heart we have to move forward. It, it gives us um, fear about what's in front of us. Several years ago, we opened up the back patio door of our home just to allow that, that fresh air and the warm sunshine to shine in, and, and what happened was a bird flew in our house. And this bird was like going bazonkers. It was like, you know, flapping like crazy. And you know this, this bird was panicking and didn't want to be there, and we agreed we didn't want the bird to be there either, but we couldn't come to an agreement of how to get him out of there. I kept thinking, should I go grab a, a big towel and catch the bird and, and, then, and then escort it out, or do I have a box I can throw over this thing? And I just decided to relax, be calm. Let the bird do its thing, and then it went right out the door again. And what I think happens, I, I look at worry like a flock of birds hovering over our heads. They're always there. They're always flocking around. If it, I've got my worries. I mean, I wake up in the morning with these birds about what to do today, what, what I need to do today. Can I get it all done? What are the most important things I get done? What if I don't get this done today and I roll it into tomorrow? Am I getting it done the right way? Uh, and, and, and what if I fail in what I'm doing? I, I, I get worried about finances paying the bills, and have I put enough for money in retirement? Do we have enough money for vacation in the summer? Can we afford to do this? Can we fix that? I don't know. Is this the right time to do it? I'm concerned about our, our, our finances. And then I have things with health. You know, am I in, in the right shape I need to be in? What's that, what's that achiness in my hands? Am I getting arthritis? What's going on here? What's that bump on my arm? You know, and, and, and can I drink the water here in security? Um, what about the label on that? It's got fake sugar in it, and it's got GMOs, and, you know, I don't know. Could I, should we eat that stuff? Should we be ingesting that stuff? I mean, we can panic over all kinds of things. And, and here's what happens. Some of you have those worry birds fluttering around, and, and because you have a heart of compassion, you say, well, I'm the only one who cares about this. So, little birdie, I'm going to take you and, and give you something to eat here and, and give you some water to drink because you must be starved. And pretty soon, we're becoming friends with that little bird, that little worry bird. It becomes ours. And we almost can't imagine life without worrying about things because that's just become part of our lives because we're the only one, obviously, that cares, you know, about things. And so, we've taken it to ourselves. But I want to tell you today, that's sick because worry should not be part of our lives, Worry is something that works actually directly opposite of the development of faith in your life. And I find so many Christians 
And I'm not judging any of you, but I'm just saying, I know so many believers who, who feel almost like it's a Christian duty to worry about their parents, about their kids, about the church, about the government, about all these kinds of things. And we wear it as a badge saying, I care. But there's a difference between care and worry. Care means I, 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 I have an awareness, I'm, I'm interested in something. But do you know when you, when you think of positive things and I'm interested in things and the positive outcomes, what could happen, you know, how God could work in it, we call that dreaming. I'm dreaming. I'm thinking a lot about the things that are good that are to come. But when you think about the negative things to come, that's worry. Worry is an obsession with negative outcomes. And many of us are just prone to that. It's almost like we're addicted to it. It's become a form of bondage in our lives. And so I want to ask you, aren't you tired of it? Wouldn't you want to find a way to get rid of worry in your life, to get beyond it, to say, I'm not going to live in this, this pattern. It just, I just feel terrible all the time about it. I'm always a grumpy person. I'm always, I'm always looking at the bad side of things. I don't like it. Well, well, the Bible addresses it. In fact, we're going to look at a passage today that I think specifically addresses the subject of worry in a very clear and powerful way. And so I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to be willing not only to look at your worries today, but put an end to them today to actually develop a pattern of thinking and acting that will actually keep you from falling prey to letting the worry birds come in and nest in your heart and in your mind ever again. Would you like that? Well, let's ask God to do that. Father, thank you for this opportunity we have right now to look at your word. Lord, you have so much more in store for us, and yet our, our worries just overpower us. And I pray, Lord, that our eyes would be open to what you're wanting to do Give us the courage to say yes to you in this today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In, in your bulletin, at the very bottom, there's a, a statement there. I want you to, to look. And some of you have these, some of you don't. But at the very bottom, it says, um, I, and there's a little blank there. It says, worry about, and then underneath it, there's some space. Now, in that space underneath it, I want you to write down something you worry about. Could be your kids, could be your job, could be a test that you have to take, could be your bills, uh, could be your health. Uh, what, it is, what is it? What is it that you worry a lot about? What is it that when you wake up in the morning, you go, oh, my goodness, i got to think about this again? Or at night, I can't sleep because I'm thinking about this. What is it? Maybe, maybe it's your spouse who's deployed. Maybe it's your kid who's in college. I don't know. It's your marriage, state of your marriage. I worry about And at least put one thing there. And maybe you've got two or three different things that you'll put there. But write them down there at the bottom. We're going to come back to that a little bit later. But I want you to take note of it because I want you to think of yourself personally, of what you deal with. Now, some of those things that you wrote down, you have, a, you have some control over. For example, if you say, I'm concerned about my health. I'm a little bit overweight. Doctor says I need to lose, you know, 20 pounds. I could get diabetes. Well, you can do something about that. Eat better, exercise. You know, you have some control over it. You're worried about your job, whether you're going to get fired or not. Well, you have, you have control over your job performance. Show up, do your job, do it well. Ask your boss if you're doing a good job. You know, you have some control over that. So once you've done everything you have control over and you still worry, that's what I want to talk about today. Those are the things that, that kind of creep in and just, it's, it's like a, a wave, a tsunami wave that engulfs you. I had that happen this fall. Some of you remember I fell off the roof of a deck, um, leaned on a, on a board I shouldn't have leaned on, gave out, and I flipped over, did a somersault landed on my head. The drill came down and whacked me on the head as well. I had to go to the ER um, up on the Mesa, and it, 
it didn't hurt, but it, I need to get some stitches. So they put a few stitches here, a few stitches there, and um, I thought, well, that's going to cost us a few hundred bucks. What I didn't realize is there were two bills totaling $7,000. I could not believe it. I was angry. I, I was dismayed. I said, how in the world could eight stitches cost that much? And, you know, for, for days, I'm just stewing about this. For days, I, I'm going to go talk to those. I'm going to yell at some people. I'm going to go knock some heads together. I'm going to get John over here to go with me. <laughs> he can do it better than I can. You know, I'm just so frustrated and I want to go talk to someone higher up to say, this just isn't right. How can you expect people to, to deal with their medical issues? I mean, $7,000, what do I do? I, I could go on a European vacation for my wife and I and have a great time, buy a nice vehicle. I could do a lot of things with $7,000. I don't want to give it to a clinic for little stitches. Uh, you know, $1,000, yeah, I could do that. But So I'm just stewing about it. It just feels overwhelming, and I feel helpless. Like, I can't do anything to fix this thing. But here's the choice you and I have to make. We are either going to be overwhelmed by our circumstances or you can choose to be overwhelmed by Christ. You, you can be overwhelmed by what's happening all around you when really, in reality, we should be so overwhelmed with Jesus and what he's doing in our lives that it makes the worries just shrivel up. And there's a passage that I think addresses this, and it's found in Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians 4, Paul is writing to um, the believers there in a city called Philippi, Paul is in prison, by the way. If anyone had a reason to be worried, it would be Paul, because Paul actually says in this letter, I don't know if they're going to execute me or release me. I could die in this place, but, but that's okay, because if I die, I go, I go to be with the Lord, and if God leaves me here, I'm, I'm going to be with you. So either way, I win. But really, if someone had worries, it should be Paul. But Paul knows there's some worrying going on in that church, and so he writes them this. And we're going to take this just a few verses at a time. Found in Philippians 4, starting with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The first step to eliminating the pattern of worry in your life is to rejoice. And the reason we rejoice is because His presence is greater than our problems. Paul starts off saying rejoice. And if you didn't get it the first time, I'll tell you again. Rejoice. He's not just telling us to put on a positive attitude, just smile and ignore everything around you, but he says rejoice in the Lord. Not rejoice in your circumstances. He's not asking us rejoice that you've got an illness. Rejoice that you've got a, you have debt. Rejoice that you're going through struggles. He says rejoice in the Lord, the Lord that's in a relationship with you. Rejoice in the fact that the God who's, who made this universe, who put the stars in place, he is in a relationship with you. In fact, Paul says, the Lord is near. Do you know there's not a single situation in your life that you go through, if you're a believer, not a single situation you go through that the Lord is not with you? He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So why in the world do we, we sometimes feel like, you know, God, you didn't show up and do this, so I guess I'm going to have to do it myself, so I'm going to start really worrying about this because you're not dealing with it. But the fact is that he's always been there, always will be there. He is with you in the midst of those circumstances. The Lord is near. You know, some days you just get this pile of, of bad news. And you know, the, the spouse says, you know, honey, the, the brakes are going out in the car. And, the, and your kid says, you know, I've got a, a bill at school. I've got to pay for this uniform. And then later in the day you realize it's time for an annual exam of some sort. And all these things start to pile up. And, you know, if you think that the key to life is getting rid of all of your problems, because once I get rid of all the problems, then I'll have a smooth life. 
you're wrong. It doesn't work that way. I would say that, that there's far more, if, if you just look around, we are far more bad news than we hear good news about what's going on in the world, right? We watch the news, so much bad news happening. So it's easy to just, just feel overwhelmed by that. But I'm just telling you to choose to be overwhelmed by Christ instead of those things. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, here's, a, here's what the Lord says. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. God says, I am with you in the midst of that. You're not alone. You don't, you don't have to deal with this all by yourself. Rejoice, because I am with you. So when you look at the situations in your life, and you look at what you're going through, realize that those things aren't all going to go away. I'm not going to uh, be Pollyanna-ish and just ignore them and feel like, hey, everything's great when it's not. But here's what I'm going to do. It's kind of like the, the rapids. When you see rapids, you know, they can be very dangerous. They can be deadly unless you're in a raft. Because if you're in a raft, you actually will ride the rapids. Christ is the raft. He doesn't eliminate everything. You know, he'll, he'll, he does heal things, and he, and he does help with things, but there are still going to be issues in your life that are going to be problems that you're going to be tended to worry about. But rise up above that because of your relationship with Christ. Ride the place of safety. And so we rise above circumstances. Sometimes people say, well, under the circumstances. Well, get out from under the circumstances. Get above the circumstances. And we do that through trusting in the one that we're in relationship with, with the Lord. I'd rather be overwhelmed by Christ than overwhelmed by my circumstances, wouldn't you? That's why I rejoice. Here's another thing he says. We go back to chapter 4 of Philippians. He says in verses 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The second thing... Once we establish this just, just daily practice of, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to thank the Lord. This is going to be a good day. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. He says, uh, pray. Because God's ability to help is greater than your ability to handle whatever you're trying to handle. God's ability is greater than yours. See, when you care about things, care can easily shift to worry. And you have to... To get a grip on that. I mean, that's sometimes the go-to emotion for many of us. The boss says, I want to meet with you Wednesday at 3 o'clock. And in your mind, you're thinking, uh-oh, I'm getting fired. Honey, boss wants to meet, meet with me at 3 o'clock on Wednesday. It doesn't look good. I need to start looking for another job. How are we going to make our car payment, our house payment? I don't know what we're going to do. We might as well cancel the, the, the plans for summer vacation because this is all looking awful. What if he wants to promote you? What if he wants to just... Just shift your job responsibilities a little bit. Why are you getting all worked up over? The doctor says, hey, we want you to come in and we want to run a blood test on you. Oh, no. Honey, I'll bet they think I've got cancer. They've got some terminal disease. Something's going on that I need to freak out over because he wouldn't be calling me in if something wasn't wrong. And so we work ourselves all up over, over negative things. And really, they, they have no effect on the actual outcome, do they? No matter what you think, what you feel before you go to any of those events, has no effect on actually what happens. So, so why bother with it? Why do we get so worked up for it? That's why Paul says, do not be anxious about, guess what? Anything. Anything. How about a few things? No, not anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Anxiety is just another word 
for worry. And the, the Greek structure of this sentence is, is as, Paul, as if Paul is telling them, you guys, stop being anxious. You're worrying about a lot of stuff you shouldn't be worrying about, so knock it off. Because worry is antithetical to the life of faith. It works opposite to what God's wanting to do. He, he says, rejoice. Stop being anxious. In other words, don't worry. Be happy. There was an episode of the Bob Newhart Show. Any of you ever watched that? Now, you might remember this, this one episode. This lady comes in there. It's really, really funny. She comes in there, and uh, she sits down. He says, oh, my, he's a counselor. He says, my, uh, my practice, pretty simple. Uh, um, most problems are solved within just a couple minutes, five minutes max. So I'm just going to charge you a dollar an hour, maximum of five dollars. Um, and she says, wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. So he says, okay, so what's your problem? She says, well, I have this incredible fear of being buried alive in a box. And it's transferred into where I can't be in an elevator. I, I have a difficulty driving through tunnels. I, I don't even like being in other people's houses, in anything boxy. And he says, oh, that sounds like you're claustrophobic. And she says, yeah, that, that's it. And he says, okay. I'm going to give you two words. They're very important words, but they're going to solve your problem. So she reaches down in her purse like she's getting a pen, piece of paper to write it down. He says, I don't even think you have to write it down. You're not going to forget this. It's pretty simple. But she decides to write it anyway, so she's poised. He leans forward, and he says to her, Stop it! <laughs> and she's like stunned, like, whoa, whoa. Um, did I hear you correctly? He said, why do people often answer me like that? Is it not clear? You're afraid of being put in a box alive and being left there, right? That's a horrible thing. She goes, I know. Stop it! <laughs> well, I don't know how to. Stop it! Well, when I was a kid, we're not going to go there. Stop it! And, and it sounds so simple and so trite, but I think that's what Paul's saying here. You know, I, but what about, what, what about this thing that happened? What if this could happen? Stop it! Stop it! You have the power to stop it. Now, Paul actually does something that Bob Newhart doesn't do. Because when you stop it, you create kind of this vacuum. Okay, what's going to fill, what what am I going to do with all this? And that's why Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Pray about it. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. And here's what he says. He says, um, petitioning God is like coming to God, um, making your case again and again and again. God, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you because you're the one that can answer it. And, I'm, and here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's what I'm requesting. And I thank you that you're hearing me. I thank you that you care about this because you're far more able to deal with this issue than I am. I mean, when I looked at that issue of, this, of the $7,000 medical bill, which, by the way, the insurance cut it down to like 5,500. Thank God, yeah. Um, still enormous. But you know what I got to realize? Either I'm going to be worried about that every day and, and angry about that, or God kind of whispered to me, that is so tiny compared to the things I deal with. The God who, who made the universe is looking at my little need and says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I, I can take care of that. Now, I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know exactly what he's going to do in my life. But God assured me 
That is a small issue. Don't let Satan leverage that to create disruption in your world. Because God wants us to cast things upon him in prayer. He wants us to to pour our hearts out to him rather than carry it. I mean, think of the people around you. Do they know you when it comes to areas of concern as someone who worries more about it or prays more about it? Are you known as a worrier or a warrior when it comes to the birds flying around in your life? See, if, if you're talking to other people more than you're talking to the Father about it, then you're not trusting him. He wants us to, to believe that he knows what's best. That's, that's the whole point of Jesus in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember what Jesus said? He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Stop it. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life? No. So stop it. Stop it. But here's why. Your heavenly Father cares for you. You know there's nothing too small in your life for God to notice and there's nothing too big that his power can't handle. And so whatever you're going through, know that God is a father who knows what you need. He's going to take care of you. I was meeting with a pastor for coffee this week at Panera Bread up off of Powers and I actually didn't know what the meeting was for, but I wasn't worried. I love getting together with other pastors. But he shared with me that he was no longer at his church, church he'd been at more than 25 years. And some things had happened in the church, but he really felt this was a sign from God that he needed to go and embrace a missionary opportunity that God had been calling him to for the last 10 years. But he said to me this, he said, this is the first time in my adult life that I've not had a steady paycheck. And he says, it's hard. It's hard. And I told him, I says, you know, ironically, we're talking about worry this week. We're talking about trusting God in those times. And he said, you know, Pastor, he said, it's far easier to preach this than to live it. And you know what? When Jesus said, do not worry because your heavenly Father is taking care of you, when we worry, we we are practical atheists because we're saying, I don't believe that's true. I don't believe what Jesus just said is true. There is not a God who cares for me like that because because I've got to take it on myself. And worry, it defeats the faith in our lives. Worry takes us in the opposite direction of trusting him. So prayer is saying, okay, I'm not going to carry this. It's not mine to fix because I've done the parts I could, all, I could do. You know, I've done the things that I could do, but beyond that I can't do anymore. Here it is, God. Would you take it from here? I'm done worrying about it. And we, we give it to him. We, we cast our cares on him through prayer. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Paul says, cast all your anxiety on him for this reason. He cares for you. It's like, I got these big shoulders. Give it to me. Give it to me. I I can handle it. You can't. So why do you keep trying to carry what you are unable to carry? And when we do cast these on God, when you you finally get to the place where God, take this. I'm tired of thinking about it because it's affecting my mind. It's affecting my heart. I'm going to give it to you. Here's what happens. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. This, this thing called peace 
He says it's like a guard. And now they, they were well aware of guards because in Philippi, it was a military community. They were surrounded by uh, Roman soldiers who would, who would roam the streets, armed, ready to defend the interests of Rome. And so when he says, you have a guard too, your guard is called peace. And, and peace will march around your mind and your hearts and guard them because you're trusting in me. We have, we have divine protection when we give our cares to the Lord. Then Paul goes on to say one other thing in chapter 4 there. And it's so important because I, when I read this, I said, man, we've got to make sure this is included in it. Because he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from, heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And guess what? And the God of peace will be with you. See, once you give those cares to the Lord, it's like, okay, well, what am I going to do? I, I, if I'm not going to think about all the negative things, all the possible outcomes, what do I need to be thinking about? Well, he tells us. Here's some things to think about, things that are true, things that are true. We're filled with a world of fake news, rumors, stories. Listen to what's true, what's noble, what's honorable, what's fitting for the kingdom, what's right, what helps us conform to the righteousness of Christ, become godly in his eyes, what's pure, what's pure. Think about the things that are pure. That's why things like pornography, scandal, and just all these ugly things on the news all the time, they're not pure. They don't do us good. Think about things that are pure. Night to shine was a night of purity, it was a night of pure love. Think of things that are pure. Lovely. Does it stir up beauty? Think about things that are admirable, things, things that, that you would like in your life, things that are excellent, things that excel in what they're to do. Think about the things that do well. Think about things that are praiseworthy. And see, when you think about what's good, you realize his blessings are far greater than your burdens. His blessings are far greater I mean, yeah, there's a lot of negative things I could be thinking about. There's a lot of potentially negative things I could be thinking about. But here's what I want to think about. I want to think about the good things. I want to, I want to keep my eyes wide open and look at what God is doing, what God has done for me, what God has already done in my life. I mean, he saved me from the, from the gutter. He saved me from, from legalism. He saved me from religion. He saved me from addiction. He saved me and brought me out. That's good. I look around me, and I see the good things God's doing in his church, among his churches, among his people. And there's a lot of good things going on. That's the thing I want to think about. That's the, that's the stuff I want to read on Facebook. That, those are the videos I want to watch. Things that are good, that are uplifting, that are positive. Because I want, to look, I want to live a life of hope and faith. And Paul says when you do these things, not just hear about them, but you actually put them into practice, here's what happens. And the God of peace will be with you. You'll have the God of peace. The God of peace. First you have the peace of God. Now it says you have the God of peace. It's really saying the same thing because when you get God, you get peace. We have God in a greater way in our lives. We truly have peace. In order to have the peace of God, we've got to make a decision to say, I'm done with worry. I'm not going to let those birds come and nest in my heart, in my mind anymore. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to make a habit. Even before those worries start to creep in, of just rejoicing in the Lord. I'm going to start my day saying, thank you, Lord, for this great day. Thank you that I get to take this day forward with you. We need to then, then shift those cares. As they come in, yeah, be care, care about it. But pray about it. 
Give it to the Lord. Say, Lord, you take it now. You take it. You brought it to my mind. You take it now. You don't want me to carry it. You're much stronger than I am. Then say, and I'm going to think of the good things you're going to do, things you've already done and, and, and even more that you're going to do because your promises are true. So here's what I want to do because I believe every one of us struggles to some degree with these birds flying all around us and, and landing at times. And some of you have a whole, whole cage full of birds. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand right now. And I'm going to invite, uh, there's a few people I've talked to before that are going to be pr- doing, doing some prayer um, fighting for you as we do this. And they're going to come walking up the aisles, and they're just going to pray that God would release you from this. And maybe they might reach out and just and touch you on the shoulder or something as, as we pray. But what I want you to do is, is form a, put your hands like this, just, just form a cup with your hands. And I want you to, in your mind, place within that um, that hand right there, your worries. Remember the things you put? By the way, I forgot to have you do one thing. At the bottom of that, that notes, you just have to remember, there's a line there that I put. I worry about, right before the word worry about, put I will no longer worry about. I'm not going to worry about these anymore because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put these in my hand. My kids, my bills, my job, my tests, my health, my marriage, whatever it is that you're worried about, would you put it right there? And whether you do it out loud or whispering or even in, in your heart, to talk to the Lord right now. Say, Jesus, I rejoice in you. You are so good. You are with me, and you've always been with me. Thank you for being near always. And so these worries that I have, I'm going to release them to you. I'm going to give them to you because you care for me. You care about me, and you tell me to cast my cares upon you that I don't have to carry these, so I'm going to release them. Would you take them? Take them, Lord. Take them. You're stronger than I am to deal with them. You're more powerful than I am to bring the reconciliation to provide, to bring healing, whatever it is that that I need. You are far more capable, and I do believe you are a father who cares. I do believe you are a father that knows my needs. And I do believe that you will meet those needs as I trust in you and seek first your kingdom. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to worry. I'm just going to stop it. And I'm going to trust. And I thank you for the good things you're going to do. I thank you for peace that comes from you. I thank you that you are watching over my heart and over my mind, that you want to protect me from from what's going on in the world, from all the bad things Satan wants to to, to bring into my life. Lord, I'm just going to let it pass overhead. It's not going to rest in me. Because I'm going to think about the good things, the things that are true, the things in your word, the promises that I can hold to. I'm going to think about the things that are right and things that are noble and honorable and admirable and excellent and lovely and praiseworthy. And I'm going to stop filling my head with negativity and junk and and the stuff I read and the stuff I watch. I'm going to stop filling my head with negativity. And I'm going to to be around people who are positive and who encourage faith, Lord. I trust you. I love you. Thank you for taking this. And Father, today, today I'm making a declaration that I am putting an end to worry in my life because worry is the opposite of faith and I choose to be overwhelmed by Christ and not my circumstances. Jesus, you are greater than anything I could ever face and you are far greater of my attention than my problems. And so I focus on you. 
In Jesus' name, amen, amen.